In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, VJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's going on? Shameless plug. Follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast to interact with us. Keep up to date with everything we got going on. Boys, we are in it. 2022, 2023 NBA season is here. We have actual live, non-preseason, non-summer league basketball to talk about. And it has not disappointed. It has not disappointed. This season is already off to a crazy start. Love to see it. And here at the Dagger, this is our third season now doing this. Um, our first show after tip-off is always called Overreaction Day. So welcome to Overreaction Day. Um, do three games really tell us anything? No. Are we going to pretend like it tells us everything? Yes. Yes, we Absolutely. are. Welcome to Overreaction Day. It's good to have you. Um, <laughs> take this entire show with a grain of salt. We're probably going to take most of this back by the end of the season, but that doesn't matter. Um, but you guys already know how this starts. We got some awards to give out before we overreact. Hooper of the Week. Good Hustle Award. Jan, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right. So my Hooper of the Week, I'm not sure who to give it to between these two. Um, last week, the, during the opening week, the Grizzlies started this new thing where they walk out with a rapper. So I don't know if to, to, if I want to give this uh, Hooper of the Week to NLE Choppa or the Grizzlies for starting this new trend because it was cold as hell. Let me tell you, if I walked out a game with a rapper in front of me rapping and like hyping us up, I would be ready to run through a brick wall. I don't know why they didn't start this before. You know, it's such a cool concept. They do it in boxing all, all the time and UFC all the time. So why not just do it here too? And I mean, I was hyped for them. I was ready to hoop right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Grizzlies early nominee for swaggiest team in the NBA. Facts. For Facts. sure. Easy. Easy. They, they have enough swag to give around. Like, mm-hmm. They, yeah, Swag love, love that. DJ, who, who's hooping? I got, I got two, two good hoopers this week. Um, firstly, I'm gonna start off with a guy whose last name I can't pronounce, so I won't try. Um, <laughs> first name is Slava. He's a Ukrainian former NBA player who played on the Lakers. Um, 
I think he was on the team that three-peated. So he played with Shaq and Kobe. But um, so everything that was going on in Russia and Ukraine, his uh, hometown got decimated. So it left a lot of kids with, um, they, you know, were homeless. They didn't have a place to go. So he actually sold and auctioned off his championship Laker rings to help them not only have food, to, he built the whole entire gym with that money just so they had a place to go. Uh, my man literally, like, he he fought in the war and then he, like, then auctioned off his championship rings to help these kids in Ukraine, like, just have a place to stay, something to do to keep them off the streets and not think about the tough times. So for that, I never heard this dude before, and that's no disrespect, but this is, like, a great, like, a great effort that he did for his country. So Slava, I don't want to mess up your last name. Good, good Hooper, for sure. Absolutely, that that's awesome. Um, I I think Vladimir Putin and Russia, like not to get political, but giving off big, um, Game Seven Suns kind of vibes, like getting absolutely bodied by you know the smaller Ukraine, talking all that shit going into this war, and then just getting their cheeks absolutely clapped. Love to see it. (laughs) Um, Could give them a, you know. Roast award every week, <laughs> blowing, blowing yeah. that three-one lead. Hate, hate to see it. Easy, mm-hmm. easy. Um, and then my uh, my second good hooper goes by goes to a sister who play or who she's assistant coach for the Pelicans, Teresa Teresa Witherspoon. She's in the WNBA Hall of Fame, a hoop Hall of Fame. She's a killer first on the court. But um, recently, Zion was talking about why. Um, he was able to get through what he got through last season. People talking about his weight. People saying he wouldn't be who he was. He wouldn't stay in New Orleans. But this assistant coach, Teresa Witherspoon, she turned down like head coaching jobs, like college coaching jobs, to stay in New Orleans to help Zion. And he really credit. He like almost was in tears talking about how she got him through a tough time, helped him rehab. She was there with him every day uh, just to make sure he got back to one hundred percent. And literally everybody else on the Pelicans was like, "Yeah, if it wasn't for her." We don't know where this team would be as far as like culture fit. So, Teresa Witherspoon, I'm glad you're in the NBA. We need more like you. It's a real one. Absolutely, especially for what she did for Zion. Like he, she, she put her like back into it. Like he, he's for he's fresh and clean now. He's ready to go, and mm-hmm. like it's all because of her. So, props to her. Absolutely, give her every good or every Hooper of the week. Loved to hear mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, Zion was literally like tearing up talking about her BJ's mm-hmm. video, and that was. You must uh, have been in a dark place. Yeah, well, who, <laughs> who can blame him? Out for the year, everyone's you know, calling him fat and you know questioning his loyalty and his work ethic. Like, yeah, that's, that's tough. I, I felt bad for the guy for sure. Thanks. Um, I have two hoopers of the week. Um, first hooper of the week. Um, love to see Dame back and doing Dame things. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't seen Dame in a minute. I feel like even when he was playing last year, it was it was a struggle there for a while. Oh yeah, it, it was very bad. <laughs> but in case you're still confused, Dame is back, baby. Blazers are three and zero. We're gonna talk to the, talk about them. Overreact to them here in a minute. But Damian Lillard back to back forty one point games, being efficient too on twenty five shots each one. So Damian Lillard and mm. locking up the dub for the Blazers by getting at DeAndre Hayden, Hayden's head. Uh, Dame is back in a big way, and I'm yeah. a big fan of that. Big fan of Dame being back. Um, 
And I have a second Hooper of the Week. Uh, this Hooper of the Week goes to Nick Chubb. No, not just for contributing in the beatdown of my fantasy team this week. <laughs> Let's go. That's my dog right there. Shut up, Dion. I'm talking <laughs> right now. Um, so I heard the story uh, this week that Nick Chubb in the offseason um, bought an Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. Okay. You know, you're thinking, oh, big gamer, you know, must, you know, got to have your hobbies. No, he doesn't play video games. Why did he buy them, you ask? He gets on every night before a game to see which of his teammates are up playing and texts them to go to bed the night before a game. <laughs> that is next level oh, accountability. That's Kobe, that's Kobe Bryant vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Get your ass to sleep. <laughs> go to bed. We got a game in the morning. <laughs> No wonder, he's, play, bro? no wonder he's <laughs> running all over everybody. So Nick Chubb, who for the awesome. week for that? That's actually awesome. Dude is built different. <laughs> yeah. All these running backs are built different. He bought Nick both Chubb consoles is... just yep. to do that. <laughs> yep. uh, we just won't tell him that you can appear offline. That's We just, we just won't tell him. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to know. Um, all right, let's get negative, shall we? Let's um, get it. I have a three-piece for... Three-piece, no napkins. Let me mm. <laughs> mm. Deep, pulling up. Extra dry biscuit. I mean, we had the sports equinox this week. All four major sports going. So lot, lots of people hooping and hustling. Um, so this good hustle, first good hustle award. There's nothing quite like the bond between brothers, right? You know. If you have a brother out there, you know, I'm sure it brings warm, fuzzy feelings to think about your relationship with your brother. Um, but sometimes I think you can get a little too close. And so for that, I got to give this good hustle award to Thanasa Santacumpo. Oh, hey, um, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Digging for gold, buddy. Hey, hey. <laughs> During warm-ups the other day, All up in they, the were, they were, you know, doing their pregame ritual, dabbing each other up, and Thanasis was... Notice, hey, bro, got a little something in your nose. No problem, I'll go get that. And pick the booger out of Giannis's nose. Bro, that's love. Chill. <laughs> Is this normal in your household, BJ? You just... You I mean, can... I, if, my, if, my, if my older brother was like, BJ, get that shit out your nose, I'd be like, oh, thank you. What if I go talk to a girl? No, he went and got nose. it himself. He put his finger oh, in yeah. Giannis's nose. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Nah, that's nasty. Hey, that's, that's, that's sanitary. That's sanitary because the nasty one don't get no playing time. Yo, Yannis digging in there, touching a basketball. It makes sense. Hey, yeah. my man has accepted his role, no question. But you can nah, you can't get be, all of you this can't be doing that award. You're you're caught in 4K, my guy. You're on TV. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't digging it. Nobody knows. I can't lie to you. Hard pass on that. Hard pass on hard pass. Um. I got to give another good hustle award to the Sacramento Kings. Um, The Kings are still the Kings. Uh, They played the Golden State Warriors the other night, and it went about as you would think. Um, (laughs) Sacramento Kings, you know, playing hard, but gave up 89 points in the first half. That is all-star game level defense right there. Like, are you just, like, assisting them to the basket? Like... I how do you give up ninety points and a half? Damn near. How? I mean, the real question. I mean, 
the real uh, good hustle should go to the Warriors for giving up 71 to Sacramento at half. <laughs> I mean, they must have been exhausted from scoring that many. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> They're still up 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That oh, has to be one of the mo- like, all-time high-scoring halves. That, is, that is tough. It's got to be. That is tough. So, Kings, uh, playing hard, but good good hustle out there. <laughs> um, And this last one, I will give one to them anytime I can. New York Yankees fans. Ooh. Get fair, the fair, fair weather fans out there. Not only did your team, I mean, they got swept by the Astros. Um, if you don't follow baseball, that's okay. Um, getting swept by the Astros, the superior team. But nevertheless, Aaron Judge had a pretty historic season in the game of baseball. 62 home runs, damn near breaking records, damn near had the triple crown with average RBIs and home runs. Um, Absolutely historic year. It was fun to follow. But what, what short memories Yankees fans have? Aaron Judge struggles for three games in this series, and he's getting booed by Yankees fans. What? That's tough. Are you joking? That's disrespect. And you're free agent, too. I would leave. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, bet. Bet. I'm on the next plane <laughs> out of there. Mm-hmm. You got me as, as the great philosopher once said, fuck this shit. I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you mm-hmm. joking? My guy is getting booed by Yankees fans. You have a mini three-game slump, and that's it? It's that's not like tough. the rest of the team is playing uh, well, yeah. either. Yankees okay. fans, you were an absolute joke of a fan base. Okay. Aaron Judge okay. is walk, and he should. The way you've treated mm-hmm. him, absolutely disgusting. New York Yankees fans, worst fans in sports. I'm convinced. So Back come get up. all of this good hustle award. Um, BJ, take it away. Um, you know we, we're gonna get into this subject later, talking about the Lakers. So I'm gonna save my Rob Palenka good hustle for a little bit later. But um, <laughs> I'm going from one Laker to another. I've got to give it to Russ, and not just for his play. Not just for his play. Listen, man, um, I'm not a scientist nor a doctor. I did take anatomy and physiology in high school. But listen, I don't know how you hurt your hamstring from coming off the bench. That was, that was my hustle, too. That was yours? Okay. So we can tag team this one. But listen yeah, to me. Yep. Um, I don't know how you get hurt coming off the bench, let alone you go 0 for 2, two turnovers, and all of a sudden your hammy hurt. That's real. Uh, that's real suspicious. Real suspect, Russ. Mm-hmm. But then on, on opening night, my man is looking ready to go. He's fine. But then they're asking Russ, did coming off the bench contribute to this hamstring injury? He's like, Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was out of my routine. If you don't shut the front door, what are you talking about? <laughs> like your hamstring is hurt from coming off the bench. Here's why it's bad. Because then Thursday night, my guy Kawhi Leonard, a two-time champion, Finals MVP, two. Two times, two times. He came off the bench, no problem. My man, Kawhi don't say nothing anyway, but he definitely didn't care about coming mm-hmm. off the bench. And it's just too. Two, it's a championship mindset, right? Kawhi is like, if it's going to help me get healthy and it's going to help us win, bro, I'll come off the bench. Just let me know when I'm coming in. Then you got Russ, who's prideful, playing terribly. And he's making a fuss about coming off the bench in preseason to the point where the coach had to say, oh, no, it's not, it's not a demotion. It's a realignment. 
like Dion said, what the bleep is a realignment? Just say he's coming off the bench. Right. Why are we sparing his feelings? He's a grown man making $47 million a year. Tell that man to sit down, okay? Like, you can't complain about coming off the bench when you see another champion across from you willing to do it and get better. That's just part of it. Russ, I'm not trying to harp on you because I got more to say, but what are we doing here? Like, you, you hurt your hamstring by playing less basketball? Stop. That, that's exactly what I had to say. Cause I'm not going to go into his play. I'm not going to go into yeah, like, yeah, all, his attitude. Yeah, that's easy. He said he absolutely believes that coming off the bench is what led to his injury. Bro, bro came off the bench one time in his whole career. And now, oh, I put my hands. Shut the fuck. Don't mother. Mm. And he said, he, said t- uh, t- he was talking about like not knowing what to do in pregame. Bro. Do the same thing. You start playing five Ooh, minutes after everybody else. You can ride else. the bike. If you, you literally oh, start playing five minutes after everybody else. I don't want to hear it. Wow, that was so selfish. Ooh, that made me so mad. <laughs> I know, that was so selfish. <laughs> Everything about him makes me so, so mad, bro. Could you be I, I any can't... more dramatic? Could you be mm-hmm. any more dramatic? <laughs> what? You've been on the <laughs> bench for four seconds, and you have the audacity to claim that being on the bench is how you got injured? Okay, Russ. Okay, chill out with that. M- miss me with that, bro. Like honestly, yeah, come on, honestly. man. You're you're a joke. You are an absolute joke. Absolute joke. You're you're a punchline. Like literally, <laughs> I, I, it's your own fault too. The Lakers continue to stand by your BS, and you know, and for no reason, for no reason, for no reason. I would have I would have sent them away so long ago. Yeah, unbelievable. I tried, man. I tried. It wasn't even his play. It's his mm-hmm. attitude. It's his attitude. Oh. It's not even how he plays the game anymore. It's just his mentality. I, but, I can't. I mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, we'll we'll go into all that. Yeah, because oh, I, I have a lot more to say about him. Robert Palenka, count your days, buddy. Count your days. <laughs> count your days. <laughs> I mean, at the, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, Yeah. Um, Bian, did you have any more? Or nope, that was mine too. Straight up swiped it. Get dunked on, Russ. <laughs> Get dunked on. <laughs> Got like, an un- unorganized because we didn't plan it. Unplanned double no, hustle. Literally. <laughs> and one on Russ. Just like real life. All mm-hmm. right. Happy overreaction day to everyone out there. Um, we are super excited to overreact to every single team that is either, th- not every single team, but. Most teams, a couple teams that are zero and three, and every team that is three and zero. Let, let's overreact, shall we? And who better to bring in and overreact with us than our guy, the king of overreaction, Papa <laughs> Franklin? Look, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good? Lasagna <laughs> King sixty five, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Franklin, goaded with the sauce, confirmed. Mm-hmm. All right, so we since we're continuing with this negativity, um, I think the biggest story so far of these of the first week of the season, Philadelphia 76ers, and three, losing to the Celtics. Played pretty well in that game, but Celtics pulled away at the end. Um. Then losing to the Bucks at home, lost a very close game. 
and then managing to lose somehow to the San Antonio Spurs. Tough. So Sixers, 0-3. Papa Franklin, is it time to panic with the Sixers? Yes and no. Um, I have faith they'll get it together, but I think if we get to uh, 10 or 15 games and um, Doc Rivers or the Sixers are not at least 500 or better, uh, uh, Doc Rivers will be on the hot seat. Will be, because he has a he has a, a history of of after a while with teams. Uh, it's going down, the culture changes, and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yes and no. Okay, very diplomatic answer. Um, <laughs> not the overreaction I was hoping for. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dion, oh, I heard the, reactions with is the it is teams. it time is it time to panic for the Sixers? Nah, I don't think so. Uh, I think they'll be fine. It's time for fan for somebody else in the, on that team, Doc Rivers. Uh, but the t- the the team will be fine. The team will start clicking. The problem is the bench so far. They can't score a bucket to save their lives, but they they'll start clicking. They're, that bench is is not that bad. Because they have Harold, they got Thibault, they got the uh, Daniel House, and they they're playing pretty good tonight. So they they were they were meant they were meant for a comeback today, and they responded. So I'm not I'm not too worried right now. I'm not too worried. Yeah, last last I checked, they were absolutely handling the Pacers. So mm-hmm. um, good to see. BJ, time to panic for the Sixers. Absolutely. You know, I was going to come <laughs> on here and take it easy, but uh, after what I saw the first week of the season, I am officially worried for the simple fact that this was supposed to be a better team. You got everybody from the old Rocket squad who won, who made it to the conference finals, right? And you're supposed to have a better defense, essentially. But the thing is, like, what's worrisome to me is they played the best the East has to offer, and those teams weren't at full strength. Like, you had Joel and B who couldn't do anything against the Celtics without Robert Williams. Then you have Milwaukee without Chris Middleton, and they hold – the Bucks hold the Sixers at 88 points. And the reason I'm worried is because Harden is turning back to Harden of old, which we love to see. What does that mean for Joel and B? Like, are you just watching your point guard dribble, 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 and are you sitting there and not being effective? I think it's just like early signs of a team that doesn't have a ton of cohesion. And I think when Doc Rivers doesn't have the pulse of the team to start the season, he can't really coach from behind. He has his game plan has to be sold through the, the start of the season. So it's just like worrisome to see that. And then for your star to have 42 and you still lose to the Spurs, who are not trying to win basketball games, I think it's just a lot of telltale signs of what could come down the road. Yeah, I mean, panic is a strong word, but yes, Sixers fans should already be concerned. Um, the fact that you already lost to the Celtics, brand new head coach, no Robert <coughs> Williams, doesn't bode well. Could lost to the Bucks, close game, no Chris Middleton. Giannis wasn't spectacular. He was still Giannis, but like it's not like he dropped fifty and twenty, you know. Yeah. And you just couldn't find a way to win that game. And then going on the road, losing to the Spurs. Um, I mean, the positive is James Harden looks good. Uh, there's no way around yeah. that. Like he he oh, looks absolutely. good. But where's the rest of the team? Um, not not a good start. And this roster, you wonder with 
personalities like James Harden and Joel Embiid, if they don't write the ship immediately, are they going to get a little impatient and is there going to be infighting? So the Sixers, I think, needed to start the year out strong with other East contenders potentially being vulnerable, and they have not done that. So panic's a strong word, but yes, I'm, I'm concerned for the Sixers. So, DJ, to whom slash what do we attribute the slow start to? Um, I'm going to give probably the lion's share of the blame to Joel Embiid. Um, I think we watched that game collectively and we saw against Boston if you were that upset about not winning MVP, you would start the season with that same level of hunger and desire. And he did, did not seem interested in that game. He seemed pretty passive against Milwaukee. And I think you follow your star's lead. Like, if your star sets the tone and says, guys, we're coming out from game one and we're setting the tone, then your teammates follow that. But I think Joel and B, and they said he could have been, you know, hurt or plantar fasciitis, but at the same time, like, there is no excuse to really come into the season that out of shape and just looking worn down game one of 82. Um, and then to follow that, I got to give a lot of blame to Doc Rivers because how long are we going to sit here and sing the same song where, oh, they need time to gel or, hey, like, this isn't working out. Like, Doc always has star-studded lineups. He's had good teams since 2007, and he only has one title to show for it. So it's like I got to give blame to the star and the coach because we've seen the coach – do the same exact thing, you know, for almost two decades now. So it's just, when are we going to see something else from Doc? Yeah, I 100% agree. Joel Embiid's out of shape. Um, maybe he deserves blame from that. Maybe it's an injury, but there's no way around it. He's out of shape. Um, against a smaller Celtics team, he couldn't get up and down the floor. He was worn out by you know, being harassed when he had the ball. But also, he just completely avoided the paint altogether that game. He wanted no part of that, offensively or defensively. He turned into a wing all of a sudden. Um, and you, you have guys on the perimeter. You don't need a seven-foot guy on the perimeter. And so I, that's where I do the lion's share of blame at this moment. But Doc Rivers may have already lost the locker room. Mm. Like VJ saying, this is a guy who, what, for 16 years has had elite talent, won championship, his like first year coaching almost, nothing since. They should be impatient with him. Dion, what do you think? I agree with you guys. Uh, I'm not as hard on Joel. Uh, I kind of like the way he's playing more in the paint now, to be honest, and letting Harden manage the outside. But I, I my, like, Opinion on this is that the bench is just terrible. It started off so terrible. They were averaging in the first three games. They averaged ten points a game. That's that's ridiculous. Outside of tonight, tonight they played amazing, and they're gonna we're probably gonna end up winning this game. But aside for tonight, the bench was terrible. You have and, and I and I blame that on on Doc Rivers because you can't have Thibel, uh and Harrell play three minutes a game. Those are two of your best bench players, and you played the Anthony Melton twenty twenty five minutes. That that's just not going to work, and that's on you. That's on that's on the coaching. But just they have to step up. Everybody has to step up on the on that bench and just be better because ten points a game for a bench is just pitiful. Yeah, I don't think I I don't know if this roster is built to compete in May and June. I have questions about that. Pop Franklin, what do you think? Who who are you putting the blame on for the Sixers' slow start? I, I put the blame squarely on, like you guys were saying, the bench. 
and ninety percent of it is on coaching because you have uh, Doc Rivers is known to sometimes lack of defensive schemes or use the same defensive schemes, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's, it's not working. It's, it's not. I mean, you. There's no way. Can anybody name one person on the on the Spurs? There's no way you lose this team and and and, and be top forty. I mean, there's no. I mean, I, I, we can get a starting five now and compete with the Spurs right now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> so I either they went in the last days ago thinking they're all that or just bad game planning. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what. So I squarely uh, blame Doc Rivers on for the the poor start. And he needs to get it together and get it together quickly. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, which leads into my next point. Dion, is Doc is Doc already on the hot seat? I mean, to me, he's been on the hot seat for the for the past 20 years uh, after the championship. <laughs> so That seems melted by <laughs> that, that seat's gone. That, that seems is not, is not existing. But for this season, absolutely. Absolutely. He was on the hot seat. After the last game, for sure. It, it, I don't know how much more management can take of losing with this type of roster uh, this early in the season. Uh, so, I mean, what else can does he have to show you to in order for you to fire him? Because it's been the same for forever now. And I and I said it like I, I think he's overrated. Like he hasn't even been to the finals after that championship. Like maybe the year after. Uh, I'll be conference final. Yeah, exactly. So nope. it, it's getting to a point where it's it's just hurting them, and something needs to be done quickly. If if, if if this trend keeps going, even if it doesn't, to be honest, I would just go ahead and get a new coach, regardless, because he has shown you nothing to like be loyal to him for it in any manner. Yeah, Papa Franklin is Doc Rivers on the hot seat already. Hell yes. <laughs> 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 yes, overreact. I guarantee you, within 15 games, uh, ESPN and everybody gonna be talking about uh, is Doc Rivers on the hot seat because I mean, he, he, when he starts off uh, a season this bad, like you guys were saying, it's it's downhill from there. Not up, I mean uphill from there. It's uphill, and he doesn't know how to get out. He doesn't know how to. Re-establish a culture. He doesn't. Right, right now, the Sixers do not even have an identity. Or, uh, what kind of identity they play at? You know, defense, offense, big, hard. I mean, it's just it's all all over the place to me. So yes, he's on the hot seat. Get him out of there. <laughs> Get him out of there. I, I I do think he's on the hot seat, but I don't I don't put the blame squarely on Doc Rivers. Like you're saying, what is this team's identity? And yeah. I'm a huge PJ Tucker fan, but just because you go out and PJ Tucker doesn't get PJ Tucker doesn't mean suddenly you have a defense. Exactly, Your stars don't guard. Joel and certainly can, but he doesn't. And so, who? Where is your defense going to come from? I don't even know who their fifth starter is. Who's their fifth starter? Uh, yeah, I mean exactly. Uh, like that's how much of it's PJ. It's PJ. No, PJ and Tobias Tobias Harris. Okay. Also doesn't guard. Okay, so where where is your defense coming from? Actually, I have no idea. You're paying all of these guys probably like a billion dollars between them, and they can get you a bucket most of the time, but 
they don't play defense. Nope. If you're That's... if you're counting on this team to get a stop down the stretch, you're losing that game, as you, like you saw against the Bucks. Right. Yeah, BJ, is, is Doc on the hot seat already? I mean, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't you don't have any excuse. There's no Ben Simmons to point the finger at. He's gone. You have shooting. You have capable but probably not willing defenders. You have an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. You have Harden, who's been there and done it. You have a young star in Max. You literally have all the pieces you need to compete. But the reason I think he's really on the hot seat is because, remember, like, Doc was not picked by Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. Doc is not a Daryl Morey guy. Like Elton Brand, when he was running things in Philly, picked Doc Rivers. Uh, so there's no loyalty to Doc Rivers from uh, Daryl Morey. He, for all I know, or for all we know, I feel like we could see D'Antoni very, very soon. Like I feel like it's just shaping up to. If there's a fall guy in Philly, it's going to be Doc Rivers. You're not going to blame Joel. You're not going to blame James Harden, who you just signed and got to resign in Philly. I just feel like there's an angle where if Doc is there and they're not doing well, it's easy to just blame him. And for good reason, like they are not performing well. Yeah, no no question. Um okay, from one 0-3 team to another. Oh yes. Um <laughs> Lakers starting off 0-3. Um who could have seen that coming picking up where they left off? <laughs> Me <laughs> I mean, this is the definition of insanity with the Lakers, right? Make no moves. Yeah. Suddenly expect very different results. I I don't know, but BJ, is it already time to panic with the Lakers? So it was time to panic when they didn't trade Westbrook <laughs> over the summer. Um, what I have watched the last three games this season is enough to make me want to return my LeBron jersey to the store. And I love LeBron, but I will not be caught dead wearing Lakers gear any longer. I refuse. It is time to panic. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm, the great Kobe is rolling over in his grave. R.I.P. Mamba. What are we doing right now? I I have a whole like thesis on Rob Palenka right here that I'm ready to rip into for the next question. It's 100% time Get to em. panic. Get it's 100% time to panic. It is no longer Laker Nation. It's a Clippers town. All right? That's how bad it is right now. Like, they should be paying rent to play in the Staples Crypto.com arena. Lakers don't belong there. It, it's 100% time to panic. Let me, I'm, I'm getting hot over here. Y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Dion, is it time to panic with the Lakers? Absolutely. I'm, I'm usually like a, a positivist when it comes to the <laughs> Lakers because of LeBron. And I say when the, there's LeBron, there's a chance. Nope. Nope. Not this year. This team is helpless. There's nothing they can, there's nothing they can do to, to fix it. Uh, they're just going to keep wasting the last year of LeBron's. Keep wasting 30-point games of LeBron. Uh, last game, he went 31-8-8, eight and eight, and they lost. Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm just, like, defeated. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where to see. I, unless they trade Russ. He's not the problem. He is the problem. He's absolutely no, the problem. Rob he went, the problem. He, Hold on. That's, that's my next question, Papa Franklin. Don't, don't get ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> 
But yes, it is time to panic, in short. Yeah, I mean, it's been time to panic. They mm-hmm. didn't. You really thought Pat Bev was going to turn this team around? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Like, Pat Bev was just going to turn <laughs> it all around? Oh, my God. I mean, what? What, what, Rob, what, what are we doing here? What is this team you're rolling out? Uh, yes, it's time to panic. <laughs> I've seen enough for the Lakers. I don't have words. 2022-2023 season. Uh, Pop Franklin, is it is it time to panic? Hell yes. It's <laughs> all time to panic. It was time to panic when they re-signed, if I'm not mistaken, Rob Palenka. That was time yeah. to panic. Yeah. First yeah. off, he goes out. The first thing he does is sign Pat Bev. What? Oh, we need defense. And, and why are y'all still playing players that don't even play? I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's over time to panic, and I think Rob Lincoln has to go. Um, which leads into my next question, which I think I already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> um, Papa Franklin, who are you? To whom or what are you attributing the most blame to for the Lakers for their slow start? Rob Palenka. and a lot of people put the blame on Russ, but Russ is not the only one that's not shooting well. AD is not shooting well, and these other players don't even know how to shoot. I mean, they got them. <laughs> What's going on? You know what I mean, so I'm yeah. It's, it's, it's the whole the whole pro- issue in 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 LA is Rob Palenka, and when Jeannie Bus wakes up, uh, she's gonna get rid of him. She needs to get rid of him because he does not put a team together. Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to point the finger at Rob Palenka because he absolutely deserves it. You know, that's why it's easy. But no part of the Lakers organization is working right now. Um, Darvin Ham, maybe, way too early to tell. He might be a good coach. Who knows? He's never going to get the chance. But LeBron hasn't played particularly well. He looks like he's already given up on this team three games in. Looks pretty disinterested. AD has not played particularly well. Pat Bev... Kendrick Nunn and uh, Russell Westbrook have all been god-awful. Um, no part of this team is playing particularly well right now. Dion, calm down. I didn't say LeBron was terrible. But by LeBron standards, it hasn't been a LeBron start so far. 31-point games twice in three games? <laughs> okay. Um, the, <laughs> the, the whole organization currently is not... It's not firing all, all cylinders. You can, yes, Ra, Russ and Rob Polinka definitely deserve the lion's share, but I think there's plenty to go around. DJ, right. go, 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 go ahead. Oh, oh please, guy. I don't mean to take too much of your time, but just let me ride for a second here. Let me empty the clip. The floor, um, the floor is yours. Oh, I appreciate that. I got that. nowhere um, else to be. Thank you. Listen, you have to sign a waiver to watch Laker games these days, right? Because all the bricks that they throw on up need to wear a hard hat for your safety watching this stuff. I won't even let my nephew watch this without signing safety protection. I don't want him watching a game like this. Guys, in three games, they are 25 for 118 from three. Come on, man. Come on, man. Spice Adams and Shaq could shoot a higher percentage than that. What are we doing? What is this roster? What is this roster? Oh, do we think Lonnie Walker? Oh my gosh. 
this guy's it. This guy's it. And then, oh, we, we turned Kyrie into Pat Bev and thought, yeah, that's going to be a great move. What what are we thinking? And Jeannie signs him to an extension? I have never heard of anybody performing that horrible at their job and, you know, their boss going, you know, we need to keep you around more. You, 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 you're driving us nowhere. Like, you, you, you know, you're Russ Wilson. With the uh, Broncos country, let's ride. You, you exact same production value, except riding nowhere, nowhere near the playoffs. It, it it's just horrible. Offensively, the Lakers are last in every statistical category. Literally, there are thirty out of thirty in everything: shooting, rebounding, like points per possession. You name it, the Lakers are the last in the league. Um, Rob, what 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 did you think was going to happen? All you did was get younger versions of the team you had last year. You had a bunch of old guys out there, and they couldn't shoot and defend. Now you get a bunch of young guys to do the same thing. Like, that's the definition of insanity is trying the same thing and think it's going to work over and over again. I just don't understand. And then I get it. Russ is easy to blame. He has not played well. Well, what? why would you throw somebody in an environment where they won't succeed? Like, that's just asking him to do stuff he can't do. And you know he's not a shooter, yet you put him out there with people who can't shoot. I don't understand that part. But here's the thing. You won the title. I'm, I'm going back in history, so just, just bear with me for a second. You win the title and you blow the roster up. You get rid of everything. You get rid of the bigs, you get rid of shooting, and you get rid of defenders. And now all those players are on at least way better teams than the Lakers. Here's the thing. Zubak went crazy on us the other night. We had him on the Lakers and we traded him to the Clippers. Where do you think the Clippers got him from? Rob Palenka, self-sabotage, Exhibit A. What are you doing? We need a big like that. AD don't want to play big. Why would you get rid of Zubak? Hmm? You choose THT over Caruso. You trade THT because you knew that was a mistake. You're 0 for 2. Probably 0 for 10 right now, Rob. Like, What are you thinking with the roster? Here's where I also was upset and why I was really ready to just give up and why I actually did give up. You had a chance to get John Wall last year. The Rockets said, oh, we'll take we'll take Westbrook. We'll, we'll eat that contract. Doesn't matter. Rob said no. Now where's John Wall? Oh, you guessed it. He's across the hall for the Clippers, balling again. And he could have been on the Lakers. Rob Palenka, time and time again, he is going to let this team down. And here's where it gets even worse. LeBron signs a deal long term. LeBron resigns, commits to the Lakers. LeBron is saying, like, I'm here to stay. Out of all the noise about me leaving, I'm committed to the Lakers. Rob, why won't you commit to LeBron? Why do you care so much about 2027 and 2029 draft picks? What good is that going to do you when you have a guy who's in his 20th year who you need to win with right now? Like, as they said with the Rams, man, F them picks. You need to win right now. And then picks don't mature until 2030 or maybe 2032 at the best. It's going to be a long time. And clearly with the AD deal, you don't have a problem trading picks. So I just don't understand. This team won't even make the play in as far as I'm concerned. This is this is just shameful. Like, this is a, disre this is a disrespectful to Kareem, Magic, all the Laker greats. I'm surprised that they even let them in the building. They didn't change the code to get into Crypto.com arena. <laughs> Besides LeBron and AD, maybe the rest of them need to earn your keep. You know, you got to do some dishes around here, sell some popcorn to put that uniform on. This is disrespectful to Laker Nation. I mean, why? Why? I'm coming to you in a second, Dion. But why? Why sure. stop there with the players that Rob Holinka has gotten rid of? Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Josh Hart, Josh Hart, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball. These guys. I mean, I guess I guess throw Kuzma in there. Whatever. Um, 
These guys are all hooping as soon as they leave the Lakers. Can you imagine that roster with LeBron? You didn't trade for LeBron. You could have had LeBron and all these guys. Now, I mean, we could get into the debate of, you know, LeBron really wanting AD and, you know, kind of forcing their hand. But still, like, you had those guys on the roster, and they're all gone now, and they're all hooping. Tough. Tough, tough, tough. tough. Dion, who, who are you giving the blame to? I mean, you guys took it... it Hit the nail on the head with Rob Palenka. Uh, the thing that the, the thing that the other thing that worries me the most, and I think is the biggest problem, is st- I'm just gonna give go back to it because Russell Westbrook has been terrible. And the thing is, I get it. If he was a regular player, fine. You can you can you you can act like that. This is a dude that makes forty seven million dollars a year. That is. Basically, well, now I don't even know what the salary cap is because we already have clear, clear, clarified that the salary cap is nothing. But $47 million a year, that's at least three good role players. Three. At the very least. Why are you wasting your your cap space on this player that doesn't want to... That I don't think he wants to be there. Uh, that makes excuses for himself when he plays bad. And just brings all the negativity on the Lakers, which they don't need. They don't need that right now. That's just keep like, this just keep on bringing them down and down and down that why not just trade them? And it all goes back to Palinka because he's the one that's making this, make, making all the shots right now. So like, I'm not going to go into Palinka because you guys already did, but like it's them too right now. The, them, them too. And I get it. The role players are playing like shit, but you still have LeBron James and AD. They're playing pretty good for to, for to start the season. I don't care what TC says, <laughs> but everybody else, I don't know who they thought they were gonna get with uh, Toscano Anderson or or Brown or Bryant or I can Beverly Walker Christie Jones. I don't even know their first names. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, they got Scotty Pippen Jr. Scotty Pippen Jr. is playing minutes <laughs> in the NBA. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, it's just, it's just an overall, all around shit show. Uh, but the main, the main two culprits are Palinka and us. I mean, you can take Russ out, and they still suck. They're gonna be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being a role player on the Lakers and balling at balling out means you're not going to be on the roster next year. Like, plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, yeah, being a role player on the Lakers and balling out means you get seven points a game and in three rebounds. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and you shoot, and you shoot over yeah. fifteen. Come on, man. Twenty-five. Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and Kendrick Nunn last game went zero for twenty-five. Two games ago, but Russell Westbrook is. Four for 26 in the last two games. Four for 26. Let that sink in. That's like, what, 8%? It's so hard. 10%? I don't know. That's just embarrassing. Like, how can you then go out and and give a post-game interview like, oh, yeah, I thought I did fine. After shooting 0 for 11. Yeah, I thought I I I did fine. Good effort. Bro, you know you're trolling at that point. You know you you don't even believe that. No, no, no the, way you the Blazers put Nurkic on Westbrook yesterday Bro. and said, "We'll let our slow center just guard you because we know <laughs> you can't shoot. We'll have we'll stick him in the paint. You do whatever you need to do from whatever whatever perimeter jump shot you want to take, take it." 
and he mm-hmm. they fell right into the trap. Yeah. Trying to go two for one, up one with twenty seconds, he's gonna shoot a jump shot. And LeBron and AD, Bro. LeBron, and I think AD almost quit right there. Didn't even need an injury to take him out. He Bro. was ready to go right there. Bro, don't even get me started. Like the other defense, all they need to do is just sit in the paint when they, when Russ has the ball. Let him shoot. Doesn't matter if it's a three. Doesn't matter if it's a layup. Bro. Doesn't matter if it's a mid range because you know there's like ten percent chance that that mm-hmm. goes in. Ten percent. Doesn't matter what type of shot it is. Literally, it does not fucking four. matter. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Lakers are looking rough. Um, I mean, as long as AD is healthy, I mean, have a shot, I guess. But we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, he, he's never stop lying. <laughs> like, don't don't give no hope. Don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie. You know it's bad when I'm, uh, when I'm the optimist on the Lakers. Yeah, so stop, stop playing. No, it's bad. It's All right. honest. Stop playing games with my heart. With my heart. Pain in my heart. <laughs> All right. Let's go from the basement to the very top. The cream of the crop. Let's talk oh, about teams that are three and zero. Oh, not not after tonight, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Boston <laughs> Celtics, huh? Undefeated, three and zero. They're down by fourteen. So, <laughs> so Boston, conven- you're upset. I understand. It's okay. Con- conveniently deaf for when I speak. It's okay. What? <laughs> no, 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 with Dion. When Tom Brady with the New England Patriots, he was all about them. I still am. <laughs> he still hates the Celtics. You can uh, how that work? How does that work? As soon as he met PC, he hated Boston. <laughs> but I still am a Patriots fan. I know. What are you talking about? What? Bailey Zappy, baby. He's about to win this game Bailey tonight. Zappy. Bailey, Bailey Zappy is him, but all right. Bro, yeah, he, just came, he just came in, subbed in for Mac, Mac Jones, and got two touchdowns in one quarter. Come Deon, on, man. Go. I'm going to need you to stay focused, okay? I can't when, when you talk about him. I just can't. Dion, are the Celtics championship contenders? I mean, we knew this going into the season. They were just in the finals. Nothing changed <laughs> other than the, the coach. But, I mean, there will always be championship contender with, the, with that roster. I don't know if they're going to keep up this, this pace the whole season, but that's a question for later. Okay. BJ, are the Celtics championship contenders? Uh, I believe so. Um I've all along thought that, but oh, especially before the Udoka stuff, I always thought the Bucks and the Celtics were in a class of their own. But the way Boston is starting the season, um, I definitely still feel that way. It's just them two, but they are definitely, I think, title contenders. Especially just the defense and the shooting capability. Like, I think that's the key to like winning in the league today, and they seem to have gotten somehow better at it because now. Sam Hauser is slapping that thing like at least forty percent from the three. So yeah, absolutely. Papa Franklin are the Celtics championship contenders. Yes, one hundred percent championship contenders. Uh, as long as uh, the coach mimics what Udoka Udoka is doing, yes. And long as they um, continue to play unselfish basketball, and I gotta, I gotta. I, I got. I think JB is really, really underrated. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, he's just underrated to me. Preach. He's. Uh, I would love for the Bucks to trade Milton for JB. Whew. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Put no that shot. on the universe. Yeah. yeah. I want no part of that deal. Yeah. Only if Chris Middleton gets new legs before he comes. Um, Part so separately. I mean, are you, are you really su- you know surprised that I'm going to say here? Yes, the Celtics are clearly championship contenders. I think you know a lot of people's optimism was wait and see with the whole Udoka thing, Robert Williams getting hurt. Um, but thus far, they look phenomenal. They look phenomenal. It looks like they've addressed the two biggest things that were their weakness going into last year and finally caught up with them in the finals, which was tendency to play hero ball and break out of offensive sets and moving the ball. Suddenly, we're just going to go ISO. Haven't seen a lot of that so far. JT and JB attacking the rim, facilitating, kicking out for open shooters. The defense has remained the same. And so, and they're cutting down on turnovers. So... If they keep doing that, yes, I absolutely expect them to be championship contenders. Now, the next question becomes, can they sustain this success throughout the year? Um, That I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I want to say yes. No doubt about it. You know, they've exercised their demons. They're going to continue to not turn the ball over and continue to move it. But I don't know. Those are hard habits to break. And I'm very encouraged by what I've seen so far. Um, but so, I, I mean, I, I think they will. I expect them to be near the very top of the East, top one or two as the season progresses. So, yes, I think they do sustain this success. Um, VJ, do you think they sustain this early success throughout the year? Um, I, I think so. And that's coming from a Milwaukee fan. I'm just being objective here. Like, when you lose in the finals, I think that that can go one of two ways. Either make you crumble or you learn from it and take what you learn from those losses and get better. And for what I'm saying from them, like, they're they're breaking those old habits that they started out last season with. Um, the selfish hero ball, turning over the ball. Marcus Smart is not trying to do everything on his own. Like, he's an all-star guard. I think Jason Tatum's demeanor has really changed. Like, he's no longer letting the refs' calls get to him. He's just playing the game, letting things come to him. And after every win, when they do the interview with Jason Tatum, he's not smiling and just, like, relishing in. He's like, no, we just got to keep getting better. And when when your star has that mentality, those habits start to build. So I think that loss is probably actually helping them going to be able to sustain that in the season. Yeah, no, no question. Pop Franklin, do they continue to sustain this early success? I'm going to say we'll see. Because with the interim coach, sometimes they have a tendency to lose the locker room. And then if the, he does, if that happens, can he get it back? Um, you know, because, you know, you have some uh, type A guys on that team, you know, uh, with, with Marcus Smart. He tend to sometimes go overboard. And when he does that, you know, that's when they start playing hero ball. You know, when he's taking too many threes, when he don't supposed to be taking threes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, say, I'll say we'll see uh, at the All-Star break, right around the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, the question becomes is what kind of culture do the Celtics have? Because you could replace Steve Kerr with the Golden State Warriors right this second. Wouldn't matter. They have the culture. Okay, to continue to compete. And I think the Celtics are building a culture 
but is it there? Because they lost their coach. The coach is usually the biggest indicator of what your culture is going to be. And so now it's on the players entirely. What kind of culture are they going to have? I don't know. It's a fair question. Dion, do they continue to sustain this early success? I'm going to bring the negativity because everybody's like, like Shocker. happy right now. Um, the, okay. I get it. They're starting three and oh. Let's okay. I know it's overreaction day, but let's chill. Okay. All right. They they won against Orlando and the Heat that the, the Heat, I don't even know what they are this year. Second, they about to get their ass whooped tonight. They're losing by 20. So let's <laughs> get back to reality. JT is not gonna be JT and JB are not gonna keep bringing like 70 points a game every game. It's just impossible. Like they're gonna have their nights. Of course, but th- there's no way that they can keep this type of production the whole season, both together at the same time, every night. And that's how they won the first three games, because they were absolutely impeccable the first three games. Impeccable. I'll, I'll own up to it. They, they did nothing wrong. They did absolutely nothing wrong in the first three games. And that is just it, like unrealistic. They can't con- keep continuing like that the whole season. Because if they are like that, they're going to go 82 and 0. But going back to the question, I don't think they can sustain this level of play the whole season. So I'm, I'm going to expect them to come back to reality in the next 10 games. Um, I'm still, I still think they're going to finish in the top six. I don't know if they're going to be top two at the end because of Missoula. I don't know if he can keep everything together. I don't know if <clears throat> there's going to, there's going to come a time where Malcolm Brogdon is going to, become the starter because he's been playing better than Marcus Smart. The Malcolm Brown has been playing better than Marcus Smart off the bench every game. So there, there's going to be some diver- the adversity that they're going to go through and we'll see how they react to it. But I don't think they can sustain this, t- this level of production every night throughout the season, especially if they want to win the championship because that's just going to be tiring. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point of... Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been unconscious so far. So they're going to need other guys to step up Mm -hmm. if they want to continue to play at this level. I agree with you there. Um, Okay, what's been working for the Celtics really quick? Papa Franklin, what's what's been working for the Celtics so far? The the team ball has been working very well. And everybody knowing their role um, is, is a big key factor. And I think that when Williams come back, it's going to be even better. I mean, time, what y'all call him, Time Lord? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that the, the long they buy in them to the, how they le- uh, left the season last year and continue it this year, uh, that, that is, it'll take them to the promised land. Yeah, I mean, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at this point have to be in, if not the best duo in the NBA, in contention. Like, the way they're playing oh. right now, they're, they're absolutely unconscious. At least top two. Top and two. I, I think the reason they're playing so well is I'm seeing a lot more decisiveness from them. One dribble drive. One dribble pull up. Two dribbles pass. You know, it's a lot more decisive. They look a lot more comfortable with the current offense, the way it's constructed. And they look locked in at the moment. BJ, where, what's been working for the C's? Um, I think in this case, they seem to really respect Joe Missoula and like they, they're not just blowing him off as an interim head coach. They're saying like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. 
So the Udoka stuff hasn't impacted them a ton, but they seem to respond to Missoula. And like Uncle Marlo said, the key will be if they if he loses that respect, can he get it back and can he keep them in check? But I think when you respect your interim head coach like that, it gives them more confidence to coach you how you need to be coached. And he's not afraid to hold guys accountable, it seems. So I think that's a recipe that really helped them last year is Udoka wasn't afraid to do the same. So as long as that that connection between coach and players is there, I feel like that's what's going to make them successful, and that's what's been working. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dion, what's, what's been working for the Celtics so far? Uh, I said it earlier, is them two, the duo. Uh, other than that, there hasn't really been much else from the team uh, because you had two 35-point games the, se- the first night, two 30-point games the second night. You have a Yerkelian effort by Jason Tatum on the third night where he went for 40. Uh, the, the superstars are hooping, and that's why they're superstars. Um, other than that, just everybody knowing their role. Um, and, yeah, that's that's about it, really. I don't. There's, it's a small sample size, so that's all I can go off of. I mean, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown put up 300 points in three games, basically, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know what it is about the Magic. They always play the Celtics really tough. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but... Okay, from one three and O team to another, and this has to be the biggest surprise so far: the Utah Jazz. The show is Dion's worst nightmare. Not <laughs> only the Celtics three and O, the Utah Jazz are three and O. And if you saw this coming, you're a liar. You did not see this coming. <laughs> Nobody saw this coming. Really, um, if you if you guys like sense the tone of like pistitude. This is, this is why I, I did not. I did not want to record this episode today. <laughs> Dion, Dion's a gamer. He's he's not like yeah. New York Yankees fans. Right, he's so here, rain or shine. Um, Jazz three and zero, and I want to formally congratulate the Sixers. No longer zero and three. Good, good for them. Absolutely. Wow, you congratulate Philly. Wow. Hey, hey, I you know I'm I'm a journalist. You know I. Oh. <laughs> I hold myself to the highest journalistic uh, standards. Very grown up of you. Very grown up. <laughs> and anyway, back to the jazz. You know, I, I'm the bigger person um, always, but it's not by choice. Um, anyway, yeah, Utah Jazz 3-0. I spent some time in Utah. Um, I have quite a few friends who are jazz fans. And you think they'd be happy about a 3-0 start. They are not. <laughs> they are not happy about a 3-0 start. Um, so my question becomes, Dion, are the Jazz hurting the team's long-term plans by winning? Is that even a question? Like, why are they winning? What is going on? What the fuck is happening? (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Like, did they just forget, like, what the word tanking means? Like, you, you throw away your whole team. Your whole team. There's nobody that there was, that was there last year. And you think, mm, I wonder why. Oh, maybe it's to go for Victor Wambanyama. No, it's to win a fucking championship. We're 3-0, baby. Let's get it. Let's take it to the home. <laughs> what are we doing? Why are you winning games like against good teams? I understand winning games against the sucky teams will make it seem not obvious. You're winning against the best teams in the league right now. I'm so, I'm, I'm like, I'm dumbfounded. I'm at a loss of words. Yeah, they low key blew out the Nuggets. <laughs> they 
they blew <laughs> out the Nuggets. I, that shit wasn't even close. <laughs> I have no words. Danny Ainge accidentally built a super team. Um, the <laughs> well, are they are the Jazz hurting their long term plans by winning? Like I don't even know how you. This is like even a, a doubtful. Like, yeah, like what? How and why are you winning? Like, <laughs> aren't you in the, the sweepstakes for win by mania? Like, what are we doing here? Especially, why are you beating good teams? Like, what are you trying to exactly? Prove? Exactly, that's my problem right there. Yeah, like say, get some of these L's, baby. Rack them up. It's early. Like, why are we? Why are we trying to win? Why are we trying to go yeah, to the Western I mean, Conference Finals? Yeah, I mean, I'm really concerned about the Jazz. They're winning now. And if they're winning now, they're not going to be able to lose when it matters. Like when you when you play the Rockets, you got to find a way to lose. Like <laughs> you play to thing. lose the game. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of funny you say that because they're playing the Rockets right now. <laughs> they're probably going to win by thirty. Like what are you doing? <laughs> they're they're not going to be able to lose when it matters. <laughs> they're going to smack the Lakers. Then. Yeah, oh my. <laughs> that's by a million in that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. Danny Ainge's expression was hilarious when he saw how well they were doing. Like he was just confused. I'm confused. Um, Papa Franklin, are the Jazz hurting their long-term plans at the moment? Yes, yes, they are. But you know, one of the things we we have to take a look at their at their roster, they have very good role players in all positions, and That's so right. and they have a heart. You know, like marketing. Uh, yeah, Rudy Gay still. I I, I know he's still playing. Uh, they have a, a rookie, uh, uh, JJ, you know, Jusag, and oh, I can't pronounce his name. Otrio Baji. You know, they got they got they got some they got some hoopers. So and then you know, obviously Colin Sexton. So they got they got and uh, Jordan Clarkson. So they got hoopers. They have a little bit of pride, and they probably said the hell with tanking. We don't need that dude. I was going to say something else. Uh, you don't need that dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they make it a mistake, though. Instead of just going around the horn, uh, raise your hand if you think the Jazz can sustain this early success throughout the season. Nope. Um, Dion, you think they continue to win? Absolutely, because there's no reason why they're winning now. So, why? Did, well, I don't know what the fuck is going on. They, they they out here playing Simone Fontecchio from Italy, a rookie, and he's balling out. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what they put in the water in Utah. They've they, they been giving, like, my MJ's secret with secret drink or what? What? Like, it's that mountain why are they water, winning? baby? I, I don't see a reason why not. <laughs> see, Dion is caught on now. He hates the Jazz long term, so he wants them to keep winning this season. Oh, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> He's not. Uh, on, he's not on this short-term hate. He's on this long-term hate. No, you know, you, you know, you know, it's it's the long-term game that, that matters. The hate is pure and unfiltered. I do have a question. Do they have a, a protected first round or something? I mean, they have like eight first-round picks. They, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They, probably, if they don't, they're just gonna go trade it. Yeah, yeah, they got any players they have. I, well, I, I think, think they, they have. Pick swaps from Cleveland, so they would have to do better than Cleveland for that to kick in. But that's not for like six years. So all their picks are like five years from now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're trying to win right now. Yeah. <laughs> so the hell with that. 
So then we've talked a little bit about this, but I mean, what's been working for the Jazz so far? Really quick, Dion, what's been working for the Jazz? Literally, like, they can have a game where 20 people have 10 points. <laughs> that, that, that's what that's what's been working. Everybody's been everybody's been hooping. Like, the guy I just said, Simone Fontecchio, he's averaging 10 points a game. Everybody, Clark, Clarkson, Olenek, Markin, Markin went, went crazy this past three games. Sexton's been going crazy. Jordan Clarkson is like MJ right now. I, <laughs> that's that's what's been working. Like just the production from every single player, except for Mike Conley, every single player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what's working for the Jazz. Lori Markin is killing dudes right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. He's looking like prime Chris Steps Porzingis. He's looking like like Euro basketball yeah. or, uh, Lori Markinen. He's looking like Finland. Dirk. Like he is killing mm-hmm. dudes right now. Ooh, um, I'm, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Markinen. I would cry. <laughs> yeah, he is he is nice. Um DJ, what's working for the Jazz? Um, I mean, to be honest, I just think they're playing like super duper carefree. There's like no expectation. You yeah. got nothing to lose. So when you can play with no pressure, you probably just like, well, it doesn't matter. Win or lose, like we're in a good spot. Like it, it really does not matter and we still get paid. <laughs> the Absolutely. definition of the, the sweet Absolutely. That's that's a super carefree. Place. That's a good place to be. Papa Franklin's working for the for the jazz. So piggyback off of what VJ said. They're playing carefree and probably playing for a future contracts so you know my i'm I'm, I'm good now so i can get money later you know that's all i know what's the secret sauce yeah fair enough (laughs) nothing will motivate you like trying to get out of utah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a powerful motivator or stay there hey yeah um okay let's talk about another three and oh team the final three and oh team and this one I think is the most interesting. Um, Portland Trailblazers 3-0. and um, I didn't know what to think about the Blazers coming into this season. But they, they look good so far. Papa Franklin, can the Blazers compete in the West? I, I think so. I think the addition with Blazers, the addition to Jeremy Grant helped out. Uh, gives a little pressure off of uh, D'Lil and, and Simon uh, in terms of scoring-wise. Uh, and helped out uh, Nurkic with rebounds because, you know, Jeremy Grant is very active around the rim. And that's a big, uh, I think that's one of the things they needed, as well as um, they probably buying into Chauncey Billups' coaching style, finally. Uh, so I think that helps out a lot as well. So, okay. Um... And, I, and also, I think D Lil is fully healthy because he's been having abdominal issues for years. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the downer on the Blazers. I love Dame, but I'm not really sold on them. Um, I mean the the game against the Suns was a nice W, but to beat the Suns and the Lakers, it took two Herculean efforts from Damian Lillard, and I don't think he's gonna continue that level of play. As much as I love Dame, and the West is too good, the top is too good. They're never going to beat a team like the Suns or the or the uh, Warriors, Mavericks, Nuggets. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving. Maybe the Pelicans, Timberwolves. I think all of those teams are better than the Blazers. Still, it's good to see Dame back. It's good to see that they're competing. They're playing hard. 
and they do definitely have some hoopers on that team. But when I say compete, I'm thinking like second round, and um, oh, I, I think they're going to be a pretty. I think they make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a pretty easy first round exit for somebody three, you know, four one four zero. But love seeing Dave back though. Dion, do you think the Blazers can compete? No, that no, they don't have they don't have the firepower. I'm sorry to say that, but um, they have a they have a good team right now. That I see, I I can kind of see a project building right there. Now I think it's a little too late because Damien's been there for like 12 years, but um, they got some things in in the works, and I and I like the way the way they're going. And Dame has been phenomenal. I had him on my second team All NBA. And I think he's gonna end up there at the, at the end of the season because he's been playing amazing. He's he looks like two years ago, two three years ago, uh, type of Dame. Um, and I love the confidence that they have in, in each other. I love that Dame lo- um, has so much confidence in uh, Anthony Simons. Uh, I, lo- I just love the, that whole like environment, and I think there's an environment that can uh, build success. But I don't think they're there yet. I think they're gonna be. Early, early exit from the playoffs. Yeah, so VJ coming to you, Blazers. Can they compete in the West? Um, I don't think so. I think you can name nine or ten teams in the West before you like realistically talk about the Blazers. I just don't think they have um, to compete with some of the other teams. And Dame is a little bit older. They have good pieces for a rebuilding team, but not a young star or an older star like they. So I don't really think they can sustain sustain what they're doing right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Wow. This has been a, a journey of overreaction. Love to see it. <laughs> Papa Franklin had to run. <laughs> we always appreciate having him on. That's our guy right there. We we appreciate him. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Let's get to our five games of the week. It's back. Dion, I guess, to gets to wear his crown this year. In all its you know, tainted glory. Let's go. Undefeated. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, so it's back. Five games of the week. Season-long competition to see who can pick the most games. You'll love to see it. Um, and we're starting off strong. Last year's rivalry in the West, potentially this year's rivalry in the West. Um, we got Warriors at the Suns Tuesday night. Dion, who do you like? Warriors at Suns. Slow start for the Suns, so I feel like they're gonna have to like win this one. So I'm going with the Suns. Uh, VJ, who do you like? Warriors at Suns. Uh, I, I like the Warriors in this one. I like the Warriors, send a message. Yeah, I like the Warriors early. Um, Suns, I think, are still kind of finding their way. They they haven't played bad, but I think they're still rediscovering themselves a little bit. So I, I'm, I'm taking the Warriors in this one. Um, game number two. Nets at Dion's beloved Dallas Mavericks. Uh, VJ, who do you got? Bro, give me the Mavs. Get, they're going to tenderize that defense okay. of the Nets, or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the Mavericks as well. You got to think Christian Wood is going to eat in this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, Dion, yeah, you ain't got to ask. We All whip right. them every time we play, so I'm going with the Mavs. Say less. Um, Sixers at the Raptors Friday. 
playoff rematch. Ooh, this is spicy. Revenge game for the Raptors. Nevertheless, I'm taking the Sixers. Uh, they looked good in a bounce back. Um, and, I mean, as bad as he's looked so far, you got to think Embiid's going to eat in that game. Like, Chris Boucher, no shot is he stopping Embiid if he actually puts his head down. So, <laughs> got to think there's a little bit of extra motivation for both teams. So, I, th- I think I like the Sixers in that one. Dion? I'm taking the Sixers as well. I think they're going to go on a little run right now. They they gotta bounce back after that mm-hmm. 0-3 start. They got if they want to be taken seriously, they're gonna have to send a message in the next few games. So I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to beat the Raptors. BJ, who do you like? Um, I like the Raptors in this one. I think their bench might be the key to get them the dub in this one. That's fair. Um, if the Sixers lose to another team, that's like. In contention-ish in the East, this could be this could be a problem. Yeah. Um, game number four: Hawks at BJ's Milwaukee Bucks. BJ, who do you like? Oh, Bucks by a thousand. Give me that. <laughs> Hawks by a million, huh? Um, or Bucks by a million, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think Bucks. I like the Hawks in this one. Bucks have looked so-so without Middleton, and he should still be out. I think they're going to go kind of 500 the first few weeks without Middleton. Um, so I, I like the Hawks. Drew Holiday can only guard one of those point guards. So, uh, Dion, who do you like in this game? I don't know about 500 in the first few weeks. I think they're going to be way better than that. But I am taking the Hawks in this game. I really like the way they've been playing. Uh, and they're, they gelled right away. And it's so seamlessly that it's kind of crazy. Uh, and I think they're going to be off to a hot start this year. Only Dion could be like, "You're wrong," but I agree with your pick. <laughs> you said you said it's going to six, going five hundred in the first few weeks. I'm like, no, I just, I just, I just, I just calling this game. There's one singular game. I'm disagreeing <laughs> with you, but I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> um, game number five: Pelicans at the Clippers. Uh, Dion, who do you like? I love the the Pelicans, and they've been. Play, I, I love the way they've been playing. So I'm taking the Pelicans. I don't think anybody on that team can guard uh, Zion. Nobody. VJ, who do you like? Um, I'm gonna go with the Clippers only because I'm not sure if Brandon Ingram is gonna be available. I don't know if he has like the concussion Fair. protocol. There. Yeah, I mean, I love the Pelicans, but they're already banged up. <laughs> Come on. I thought we'd at least have like a month or something, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I like the Clippers in this game as well. I think the Pelicans could be better at home than on the road as well. So I, th- I think I like the Clippers in this game. All right. Let's go out of bounds real quick. Hey, wait, wait, wait. it's going it's to be a, uh, already like a dividing week because we have a lot of different picks. It's going to yep. be exciting. I'm looking forward to taking the lead already. Um, oh, oh, okay. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, if there's one skill I have that will, you know, no no amount of losses will break my spirit, and I will talk shit. That Except I for fantasy. Um, yes, you're right. My spirit is now broken. <laughs> I mean, when you have a week where you score the second highest total in the league, and you lose your star running back, Breeze Hall. To your co-host. To your co-host, and still hey. lose. That's I, my spirit is broken. 
pray, prayers prayers up for your boy. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go out of bounds real quick. Um, thanks for taking that unnecessary victory <laughs> lap. Appreciate you. <laughs> hey, I think every chance I get. Oh, I'm just a loser in fantasy, <laughs> in NBA picks, and in real life. Oh, Fine, Bryce I can accept <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go out of bounds and let's pick our top five horror movies you know i just try to live my life you know in a way that provides humor and contrast to others you know like if you if your life is bad like mine's probably worse so you know i, I do what i can for the people you know um anyway out of bounds we're ranking our top five horror movies of all time um bj i'm sure did hours of research for this and I'll go first because I've barely watched five horror movies. Um, I am a giant man baby. <laughs> I like to feel safe and secured. You know, I'm a big little spoon guy, you know, huge little spoon guy. Um, I just want to feel safe. And these movies don't make me feel safe. So not not a big not a big horror guy, I'll be honest. Um nevertheless, I have watched five, I found out. And <laughs> I will rank the five horror movies that I've watched. Is it correct by any objective metric? No, but this is what I've watched. So here we go. <laughs> Number five. Yeah, I'm the for days. Um, quite scary. Not a fan of the little girls in it. So it's at number five. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. We, we're not doing a draft? No, we're, we're doing our top five. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay. Um, so number five, I have the ring. Um, oh, number f- yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That was quite scary. Yeah, the, I did not like it. Was that, that movie was so <laughs> scary that I was, I think I was in elementary school when I watched it, and I haven't watched it since. And it, it did, it took me, I think, 15 years to watch another horror movie after that. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you, Dion. I'm glad I'm not the only pussy on this podcast. Thank you. Um, I, I feel better. BJ lives for this shit. I mean, he's just built different. Bro, like, I, I love horror movies. Like, that, now that good. I can watch them, I fucking uh, love I, 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 I still don't really watch Bro. them. Um, so, number five, I got The Ring. Um, number four, I have The Blair Witch Project. Uh, very scary. Ooh, yeah. Very scary. Um, yeah. I didn't like how realistic it felt, so fuck that movie. Um, you know, it kind of launched like a whole genre of like way too realistic scary movies. Don't like it. Um, at number three, I have it. Um, I saw this as a kid. Solid. I still have issues because of it. Well, um, you saw it as a kid. Which one are you talking about? The OG or the new ones? I saw the OG one. Ooh, uh, bro, you don't even know. Creepy. <laughs> well, what was that? Uh, Tim Curry. That's Penny. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, Tim yeah. Curry. Oh, I'll I'll never watch the new one. I saw the old one. Why would I well, watch the new that? one is elite. No, I'm not watching that shit. Um, I'm still scared of clowns because of it. I've yeah. Anyway, um, number two, I have The Conjuring. Fuck that movie. Um, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever one you know was inspired by the devil. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, devil made me do it. Yeah. There's do this it, yeah. scene where they like, walk out by the lake that is like so terrifying to me, and I still don't want to go in a basement because of the conjuring. So, thank you for that. <laughs> and number one, I have Insidious. Um, mm. I literally did not sleep mm-hmm. 
well for several weeks after I watched this movie. <laughs> uh, fuck this movie. I hate it so much. Terrifying. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it. So it's it's number one on my list. Um, you can judge me all you want. I'm okay with the fact that I'm pathetic. Uh, you should feel okay with the fact that I'm pathetic. So we're just going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Dion, give me your top five horror movies. All right. Can I give you some honorable mentions first? Because I have a lot of movies. Like, so many. <laughs> so many. Um, in my honorable mentions, I have The Invitation. I have The Ring. I have The Shining. And mm. I have The Nun. And I that have... creepy. Uh, and I have Hereditary. Ooh, yeah. Do you remember me? It ran to fire. Together. Yeah. <laughs> we that shit together. That shit was scary as fuck. Okay. <laughs> Chop their head off in the car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, to open up my top five, at my fifth spot, I have Insidious, the uh, the whole series. We Me and Liv watched... Every every single one of them in one night did not sleep, but that's okay. Uh, and number four, I have the Conjuring series. Loved all of them. And number three, I have a movie that still haunts me, and it's such a simple concept, but it really it's it's fucking like it's a mind fuck. And that is Vivarium. I don't know if y'all watched it. Uh, number two, I have Get Out. I think that movie mm. is already iconic. And my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, not just horror, It, the new It. Oh, one, it, it won an A2. <laughs> Don't you watch a bot? Don't you watch a bot, Georgie? Georgie? Elite. TC is about to hang up with the clown boy. I'm out. I'm tired. I gotta sleep tonight. <laughs> oh man. I well go go ahead, BJ. G- give me your top. They're much awaited top five. Yeah. Um, first of all, let me just genre. Yeah. Let me show y'all what the Halloween costume is. You already know. <laughs> you already know. You already know what it is. Express shipping. Let's get it. Um I know in particular order, but uh Obviously, got to start with Halloween, the original 1978. That movie was insane. Sometimes, still to this day, I always look around the shoulder outside to make sure my boy Mike ain't <laughs> trying to get scrappy with me. I love I love the Halloween series. Um, Number two, Jaws. It changed the genre, man. Like, I'm black, so I don't swim already, but I definitely ain't getting no deep water now. <laughs> so Jaws changed the game. Uh, Dion mentioned it. I love Get Out. Um, mm-hmm. So anytime I'm going into a forest or I'm going into cabin cruises, I'm always making sure ain't nobody bidding on you, boy. Uh, get Out was dope. Uh, Conjuring 2, I thought was mm-hmm. particularly terrifying, uh, especially with the... It was like a couple different figures in the movie, like different entities and whatnot. We ain't got to get into it because it's almost bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one right now, I'm surprised nobody mentioned it. Dead Silence. This one is particularly scary because it's like the lady who created dolls out of kids and whatnot. And then like... I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see that one. Oh, watch it. Watch I it. You'll watch never... That. 
you'll need a nightlight for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, Hereditary was really good. We did watch that one. That was a real joke's that was on you. Favorites. I already got a nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> joke's on you. Um, oh, Annabelle Creation. That mm-hmm. one was insane. Like, that was super duper terrifying. Um, and then the new It series, like It and It 2, I just thought was really well done. I'm pretty yeah. sure the, the original was pretty good too, but the new one is, is dope. But yeah. Yeah, it's that time. It's, it's that time. Spooky season. Spooky season. I just... When it comes to the horror genre, I just, I've always thought, like, slashers were kind of stupid. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I just couldn't really ever get into it. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. It's like, oh, wow, they're trapped. There's a bunch of blood. Like, you know, I didn't really find it scary, so I thought it was just kind of dumb. And then, like, anything, like, possession or demonic is, like, the opposite. That shit is so terrifying to me. Uh-huh. And they I'm always got to start that shit with, based on a true story. You and your true story can go fuck yourself. That's what that <laughs> is, okay? Like, even if it is true, do you really have to tell me that? No, you didn't have to say that. You really didn't. It's so unnecessary. So, yeah, that's... Anyway. <laughs> Happy Halloween to all you animals out there. Um, Make good choices. Watch, watch out for... You know, if you see someone in a Michael Myers mask, it might just be VJ. So hello. Um, <laughs> it might just be. <laughs> might just be VJ. Huge Halloween guy. Huge, uh, huge. Not Halloween. the new one though. Not the new one. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Not the new one. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are listening <laughs> now, that now that shit is scary. Scary how bad that was. Um, <laughs> but if you guys are listening to this, know that we appreciate you. We do. Um. You guys are loving the show. We'd really love a five star rating wherever you're listening. It really helps. We love what love reading the reviews. It's premium gas. We appreciate you guys. Um, let us know which team you're overreacting to in the NBA. Are we overreacting to Sixers, Celtics? Who, who are we overreacting to? Hit us up on social media at the Dagger Podcast. Let us know what you think. We will catch you guys next time. I saw VJ. That was long, but that was super fun. Right? Yeah, I saw VJ was, was all over social media with the Halloween fighting the good fight of you know Halloween ends is terrible. Oh my god, yeah. I'm dead <laughs> ass. If you if you help get them to remake the movie by signing a petition, I will wear a Grant Williams jersey every In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com.